Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who started his National Hockey League career with the New York Rangers in 1980. He played for the Los Angeles Kings. He left the NHL after the 1990 season. He played one season for the Phoenix Roadrunners of the IHL before retiring from hockey. He also did color commentary for the Los Angeles Kings radio broadcast. He is a motivational speaker and frequently uses his mantra of living a true grit life. He promotes the true grit life through public speaking engagements and weekly podcast uh which are off the hook, especially his video stuff. It's amazing because this is now the second time I'm speaking to him this week. So it's a pleasure to welcome in Tom Laidlaw to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Tommy. Hi, Mark. You and I are getting too close here. We're going to be too close buddies. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like yeah. I'm afraid you're going to vote me off the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You better be careful. I told you when they get behind my back, all right? Yeah, you know, AJ and I are, are doing an alliance over yeah. here. So you're <laughs> filling in. Uh, originally, Adam Graves was scheduled to talk to us about this alumni game that's coming up. Adam is stuck at the airport. Rangers Public Relations were nice enough to, to reach out to you to help us out to talk about this. So tell me about this alumni game and, and what you feel about going into this game, what, what you hope to accomplish in that game. Sure. Well, first of all, it's really exciting to be part of it. I played an alumni game when the Rangers and Flyers played down in Philadelphia. They had an alumni game, I think it was like five or six years ago. We had 45,000 people in the building, so that was a lot of fun. So it's next Sunday, the 27th at 1 p.m. at Madison Square Garden. And the money being raised is going to support youth hockey across the tri-state area. The Rangers and the alumni have done a great job, and the Rangers are fantastic to us getting this out in the community. It's really trying to... You know, hockey is a great sport, but part of the problem is it's expensive. It's not really not accessible to as many people as we'd like it to be. So that's really the initiative here to try to make it accessible and more affordable for everybody. You know, what's interesting, I was just telling the guys, and you, if people have been following you on Twitter and Facebook, realize and, and watching you on Survivor, the condition that you're in. You're, you're in an amazing condition for 60 years old. But it got me thinking. I was looking at the roster, especially the guys from the 94 team. You know, you got Adam Graves um, as well as Book and a bunch of these guys. And then you, you got other guys. But I put it into context. And I want you to put this in context for me. Sure. Gordy Howe was eight years younger than you were in his last <laughs> NHL season and scored 15 goals. You know, I don't know if you've been on skates lately getting ready for the game, but, but try to put that in context to us, a 52-year-old playing in the NHL and scoring 15 goals. Well, and, and to play like Gordie Howe, too, and he played like Gordie Howe right to the end. Right. He was a physical player. Uh, that was the thing. He was, I mean, he was a very skilled player, but he was a very physical player, too. So, um, and, and to imagine that is pretty incredible. Because, like, I, you're right. First of all, thank you for the comment. I'm in good shape. I mean, I, I have to, it's my career now to keep myself in shape like that. Uh, so to think that a man that's 52 years old would, you know, play in the NHL is really something that, well, it, it is interesting. We get out there for these alumni games, you know, and at first, like, it's, you know, like we joke around, it's like the old guys, you know, kind of going through the motions and having fun. But inevitably, as the game gets going, the competition level picks up quite a bit, and uh, everybody wants to win, so we'll see what happens in the game on uh, Madison Square Garden. And I think the fact that it's MSG, too, it's not like some small little rig. We're playing at Madison Square Garden, you know, the world's most famous arena. 
Um, so it's uh, pretty exciting stuff. So getting in shape for Survivor helped get you in shape for this game? Uh, well, you know what? It's, it's a great question about you. So when I watch Survivor, a lot of the stuff they do is a lot of balance, you know, competitions and all that kind of stuff. So I really started doing my workouts. I, I use what they call it, the balance board. So it really works your core. Uh, if you stand on this board, you, you've got to balance yourself. So basically, the first thing you have to do is like pretend that you're getting punched in the stomach. It's kind of weird to say it. So you tighten up all your core muscles and everything, and then you go ahead and do whatever exercise, whether it's squats or military presses or whatever. And I've really started to incorporate in all my workouts now. And uh, for most people, I think just in general, people you know you, you get end up having a bad back just from living life and walking around. But since I started doing all these exercises, my back is probably better than it's felt in you know the last 30 years, and uh, it's just, I, I feel like I'm stronger and in better condition. And I, I joke around with people; it's, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's, I, I feel like I'm in better shape than I was when I played the game. So uh, the conditioning for, for Survivor really got me ready. You know what the funny thing too is? I think it really got me ready more mentally too. I think I've learned over time how much your mind controls your body, and I, I did a lot of exercise, a lot of training for mental stuff. Survivor, and I continued that after the game. You know, it's interesting because you did mention the the alumni game that was played at the Winter Classic, but it's hard to believe with such the, the Rangers such a rich history that this is actually the first inaugural Ranger alumni game. So, yeah. given all the guys that could have been picked to, to do this, how much of it is it of an honor to actually be part of the first inaugural alumni game? Oh, real honor. I mean, you're you're, you're dead on right all the great players that played you know that 94 team but even other stuff i mean great players and maybe guys could make it for other reasons but i think of a barry beck you know, those kind of or james patrick you know, some of the great defensemen that played uh for the rangers and to be selected and then again they're you know james patrick is coaching the junior team barry beck's over in china so there's different reasons they can't be there but to be the guy that's selected to play it's the same thing that's for the for the uh the heritage classic in philadelphia the, I mean, it was like an all-star team out there. You know, Bobby Clark and Eric Lindros and Mark Messier and Brian Leach and, you know, be part of that. And like I said, it was 45,000 people. In fact, it was pretty funny because we were joking around uh, before we went on the ice uh, about the Flyer fans, how we used to, they used to be with us. Like, they are with everybody, but particularly with the Rangers. You know, they would yell everything, you know, you suck and everybody, you know, at you when you're playing. And we were laughing. We are thinking, they're not going to treat us that way when they go out there for an all-night game. <laughs> So we, we, it's funny that we walked out in the ice and they treated us exactly the same way. They're screaming at us. We're thinking we're a bunch of old alumni guys, but they're still screaming at us like they hate us. But uh, I, I think actually that was part of part of the fun process of the whole thing. You know, again, I got to speak to you last week because I'm in the midst of a project with Howie Carpin doing a book on Rangers first. And to a man, you know, when you guys describe putting that Ranger jersey on for the first time, it's it's pretty amazing to a man so far. The reaction is somewhat the same. What is it about that jersey? And it's I assume it's the same for a lot of the original six. But what is it about that Ranger jersey and being part of that and now being part of that brotherhood of the alumni is so special? Uh, well, when you pers- I, I think when you come into New York, a lot of us like I was. I was a, a, from a small farm town in Canada. I went to a small university in North, at Northern Michigan University, and the part of being being a ranger is that you're coming into Manhattan, like you're coming to Madison Square Garden in the middle of Manhattan, which is unlike anything else in the world, really. You know, it's, it's that, that's part of it. And I think, you know, once you put the jersey on, you're you're now part of a real elite club. I mean, you realize what ranger fans, and it's tough. I think we talked about it when you and know, I talked earlier in the week. 
Ranger fans are fantastic. They love their team. But if you're not playing well, like I was at the game today, in the first two periods, the Rangers team wasn't doing well. You could just feel it in the garden. Like the fans, they love their team, but it comes across that they're, they're not happy, which they're not. But they're not. It's not like they don't. They they love the players. That they do love the players, but they want them to play hard, and they're going to let them know if they're not playing hard, they're going to let them know. So to be a player there, you have to come to that understanding that uh, the fans aren't against you; they're with you 100. percent But they're going to voice their displeasure if you're not playing well. You better be able to handle it, and that's where you got to work harder. Uh, but I tell you what, though, the biggest thing for me, I, I thought over the years, is I, I after I got done playing, I think I realized even more what it meant to Ranger fans, what the team meant, and what you meant. I've had situations where people come up to me like almost in tears, meeting me, just, you know, because they've been fans over the years. So I don't think you realize that fully, or at least I didn't until after the game. You know, it's interesting you mentioned today's game, and, and you're right because. Today's game was a, a total snapshot of what Ranger fans are like. Very you know, down and, and vociferous in the negative for the first two periods, but for a 14-minute period of that third period where the Rangers absolutely dominated and it was one shift where they controlled the, the puck for about five and a half minutes, it, it, yep. multiple shifts, standing ovation during the shift. It wasn't even at the end of the shift while the shift was still going on. So they do appreciate the hard work. You're right. Looking at that game today, and I, I know, and you know from being here in New York, that we are, you know, uh, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the immediacy. It's always um, yeah. impatient. Oh, yeah. We're impatient, but we're, a, you know, what have you done for me this yeah. second? Not yeah. lately. What have you done for me now? Yeah. Literally now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're in a rebuild. And, you know, you can look if you want, you can look at last year's Stanley Cup winning team, the St. Louis Blues, who didn't have a tremendous start, but at the end won yeah. the Stanley Cup. Or you can look in baseball, the Washington Nationals, who had a horrific start and are in the World Series. Uh, I'm not saying that the Rangers are okay. going to the Stanley Cup, but we are in a rebuild. How much do you think the fact that you get Truba, you, you sign Panarin, you get Kako in the draft, uh, you, know, you get Fox... Um, raise the expectations, and because of that, are the fans being a little unrealistic of what to expect right out of the gate? Well, my good friend John Davidson, who's the president of the team, now won't like me saying this probably, but <laughs> like my ex, my ex, I'm the same as the fans. I, I love this team, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons I love the team is the most is is because of the coach Quinn, because he makes everybody accountable. He's not, and I hear you totally. There, you know, it's, it is a rebuild, but he's not living like it's a rebuild. He's saying. We, we demand hard work. We demand that you come to win. It's like saying that it's a rebuild. It's almost like a crutch. It's okay to lose. Where he's saying, no, no, we're going to win now. There's no excuses now. And I love that. I think that they should be like that because I think the talent level that they have with the King and that, <clears throat> and you know, watch guys like Truba and how, like, man, he, he's a good defenseman. He moves the puck out of his zone. He plays well defensively. He's physical. He's good in the power play, all those things. You know, Panarin. Zibanejad, I think, is a fantastic player. Chris Kreider, I love as a player. But right now, like you, like you said, in the first couple of periods, and I hope I say this as a compliment to them, they're not getting the most out of the game. I, I don't see the swagger from those guys. You know, I think late in the second period, I think it was Kreider, maybe the first period, I can't remember what it was, but Kreider really like put the foot on the gas, you know, and just went up the middle of the ice and got a, a, a pass and almost scored. And that's what he has to do. You know, what I like. I think it was even Foss in the first goal they scored in the second yeah. period. Foss went in hard on the on the forecheck, turned the puck over, got back to the point, retrieved his shot, and they scored. Like he, he had that swagger. He took charge of the game. 
And that's really what they're missing. So to me, they're, they're, they're an excellent team. I think they should be a playoff team. And I think the fans should have that expectation. I think the, the players should too. So, but again, you're right. Are they, good at, are they a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup? Well, maybe they're not there right now. But I do think that team should make the playoffs, and I think the fans should demand more. I mean, I think the coach is the guy that is, is demanding more, too. I think, and I, I love him as a coach. I think he makes guys accountable. I think his quote was when he first came in last year, and I, I think I'll say this correctly, but the work ethic is non-negotiable. I mean, I heard that. I was like, well, wow, that, that's like Herb Brooks kind of stuff. Right? And, you know, he makes you accountable and gets the most out of you. Hi, Tom. This is Ryan Sherman. So I think you really nailed, and you and Mark really nailed the Rangers fan base in a way that they, they really are so much of what have you done for me. They're right this second, yeah. not period yeah. to period. But so as, as someone who's really yeah. kind of gone through it, and now you understand it saying that they, as you've retired now, you really understand it even more. If you were around this team, and, and I can hear it in your voice, you really like this team, how do we pass this on to the younger generation coming up that even if we, we demand a lot, we're, we are there to support you. I think there's an expectation when Ranger fans go to MSG, the same way the players are there. It's such a special place. We want to see the, the Rangers win every single time we go, and that's unrealistic, but how do we transfer that to the next generation? Well, the biggest thing I'd say to them is don't be afraid to make a mistake. Like, don't sit on the fence and try not to do it because you don't – it's almost you can feel it too, and I went through it as a young player. It's almost like when when things aren't going well, the team's not playing as well as you'd like at home. It's almost that mentality like I, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to stand out where the crowd's going to boo me, and that's the that's the worst thing to do. Like I I believe Ranger fans will accept the fact that you've made a mistake, but you've gone out and you've given it a max effort. And it just doesn't work out for you. They'll accept that. They're not happy about it, but they'll go. You know what? That guy is trying as hard as he can. That's why they like the. You know, they, you know, when Kreider was skating hard down the ice and, you know, when Zuccarella was here, you know, they loved his, his style of play. You know, so I, I would just say to the guys, listen, don't worry about mistakes. Play all of Like Herb Brooks used to have a saying that he would say the pass has come from the heart. And, like, it meant back then with him it meant, okay, if you're going to pass the puck, just don't hope that it goes on somebody's stick. Make it go on the stick. But I think he also meant that whatever you do, and he also meant it in life, I think, but whatever you do on the ice, Go all out at it. If you make a mistake, that's fine. The fans, the fans will live with it. They may not be happy about it, but the fact that you've given everything you had, uh, they'll accept it. And I think right now you can see the team is. And I don't want to paint the picture they're not giving everything they have. I think they're just a little bit, uh, a little bit nervous to make a mistake. And and you can't play that way. You've got to play all of your. And the fact is, you are going to make mistakes. It's a guaranteed fact in the game. You will make mistakes. It's how you react, how your teammates react to those mistakes. Yeah, I think a, a big portion of it is as well is the schedule did not do them any favors. I, I think that third period yeah. was an indication of them finally get. And again, you know, it was an afternoon game, and, and NHL players are creatures of habit. Afternoon games are not the norm. You know, the schedule has not been the norm. I think now that they have these games coming up, you know, Tuesday, Thursday. So, I, I think you're going to start seeing them get their legs underneath them and, and be more consistent. And you mentioned them playing with a swagger. Right. I think that's going to come yeah. now as well. All right. So oh. you, you mentioned a couple of things there, and I, I just it, it, it rang true to me because you mentioned about you know getting the most out of yourself, being the best per, you know player you can be here in New York. That being said, if you had embraced the true grit life when you were a player. And what I mean by the true grit life, and I know about it now because you told me that you get up at 3 a.m. to make your bed perfect. When you walk, you do everything with a purpose. Had you lived that life as a player, do you think your career might have been different? Oh, totally. 
I, I was very proud of myself. I, I hope I say that in a, in a humble way, but I, I mean, I, I lived a dream, right? I, all my life as a kid, I dreamed about playing in the National Hockey I got to do that for 11 years. I played two great cities. You know, I was an assistant captain or captain of every team I ever played on, you know, won Players, Players Award, so I'm, I'm very proud of myself. But I tell people all the time, like, you know, I was very fortunate to play Wayne Gretzky in Los Angeles. <laughs> Excuse me. And I tell people, listen, he, we, we both had dreams. His dream was to be the best player that ever played in the National Hockey League. My dream was to play in the National Hockey League. We both accomplished our dreams and our goals. So my, if I was to do it all over again, I wouldn't have limited myself to just be a player in the NHL. I, really, I would have limited, I would have driven to be the best defenseman in the NHL. And really, like I, I look at Wayne Gretzky, and I mean this total confidence to him, I think people that know him, he wasn't some special athlete. He didn't. He wasn't blessed with some special skill when he was born. It was his heart and his desire and his passion for the game that made him the player that he was. And I, I really believe that totally. And I think that's I, I, that's why I admire him so much. Like he wanted to be the best player that ever played the game, but he's very humble about it. Like he gets credit to more like the Bobby Orr's and the Gordy Howes. But you know, his goal was to be the best, and, and a lot of people believe he accomplished that. All right, Tommy, lastly, where can people get tickets for the inaugural New York Rangers Alumni Classic? Yep, they can go to NewYorkRangers.com slash Alumni Classic. Again, that's NewYorkRangers.com Alumni Classic. They're only $20. Again, it's a great cause. The money that's raised goes to help the youth hockey in the tri-state area and make it more accessible and affordable for everybody. So it's a great cause. Awesome. So, you know, spoke to you twice this week, and I will see you next Sunday. So, uh, oh, you better you better keep it up. We get twice every week now. We can't we can't slack <laughs> off on it. You got it, Tommy. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Thanks so much. Right, guys. You. you got it, Tom Laylor, former New York Ranger, going to be out there skating in the Alumni Classic. Sixty years old. He he's in great shape. So uh, you know, I bet you he can he he'll skate start if he's teamed up so, with Brian so how, Leach. How do you think he did on Survivor? I, I we're not allowed to say. I know, but how do you think he did? I I, 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 you can't, know. I can't say. Okay. All right, and that's why we couldn't ask him questions about. It.